Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to the visual images that sighted kids enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education Beatty Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience Audio Description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher. Just go to www.dcmp.org slash learn slash 658 to enter. And keep on enjoying audio description. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, this is Deborah, and welcome to ACB Home, Garden, and Agriculture. I'm your facilitator for our monthly call, where we talk about living sustainably, keeping animals, and growing plants. Today, our guest is Marge. She is going to talk with us in a couple of minutes. She'll talk with us about bedding plants and growing bedding plants. It's time to really start thinking about spring and gardening, so it's great timing. Um, just wanted to give a couple of announcements. First off, if you are interested in being a guest, if you have a topic you would like to share with others, please contact me at acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com. Lots of dots there. ACB dot home dot garden dot agriculture at gmail dot com and we can chat about a, a topic. Um, next month we are going to be talking about growing berries with Zelda. That should she's coming back for another appearance. She is going to be awesome. And in March we're going to be talking about herbs and herb lore with a horticulture extension agent from my Master Gardener program. So a um, couple of things to look forward to the second Saturday of every month at uh, 5 Eastern. Today, our Zoom host is Donna. Donna, thank you for um, doing this. And she's going to keep everybody on mute. And um, but, but if you have any questions and want to pop in uh, and raise your hand, Donna will let me know. Um, I, I would like to ask Marge a few questions to get us started, and, and then um, we'd be delighted to take calls. So without further ado, Marge, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're so, very um, welcome, Deborah. <laughs> oh, I talked to you a bit, and you sound like a lady who really knows what you're doing. You ha Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your, uh, your little homestead. Well, I... I want to say thank you very much to you for um, inviting me to do this because this has prompted me to do some research. You know how when you get in the habit of doing things, you don't necessarily learn about um, ways that might be better uh, to do something. And that's certainly the case here with starting seeds indoors. There's much to learn, um, ways to be successful, but uh, uh, so much that uh, that you can come to know by doing additional research. And I want to mention 
a, a book that I came across in uh, looking into this again after not doing so for several years, The New Seed Starters Handbook by Nancy Bubel, B as in boy, U-B-E-L. And I will mention that again later on for those who might okay. want to pursue that. It's available from Bookshare and uh, is a whole book devoted to this topic, and it does need a book. So uh, that's been very helpful for me to be um, uh, cramming in uh, to, to my reading in the last uh, week or so. Nothing like being put on the spot as an expert. I love it. So uh, how long have you been starting bedding plants? Well, I am in... Savannah, Georgia, have been since 2003. Before that, I was gardening in Minnesota. And so uh, really most of my adult life, um, I've been um, uh, growing things in gardens, things to eat, that is. Um, And with respect to um, starting uh, bedding plants or seedlings indoors, really only since I came to Savannah because um, our climate here allows for year-round gardening, which is a a different scenario from from many, but it um, has particular demands uh, to be able to do that. And so I am starting seeds indoors, um, usually in August and again in February. And so that uh, period of time when I'm involved in doing that is uh, for um, a couple of months. And then uh, starting soon now, I'll be doing it for a couple or more months again, depending on what happens. Okay. Well, um, so there are some people out there who may not know what what are bedding plants. Can you explain um, what bedding plants are and why why you would even want to start them inside? These are plants that uh, we start ourselves as opposed to buying them at a garden center or at a big box store. Uh, anyone who's gardened has certainly um, bought supplies and um, presumably sometimes plants um, at stores like that. And uh, those stores can can really help us out. Um, there are still reasons uh, to buy plants at those stores. But uh, the reason that I do it um, is um, several. And uh, these might be reasons that could apply to you as well. One is the cost. If you want to grow um, 24 cabbages as opposed to growing six cabbages, six, it makes sense to buy them at the garden center. Uh, 24, um, you would be spending uh, probably 20 to $25 to do that. And so uh, you might prefer to try to start your own. 
selection. If you want to grow a particular varieties, say of cauliflower, as I do, I, I like to grow snowball. It, uh, its leaves form themselves around the cauliflower as, it growing, as it's growing, so it keeps the cauliflower white in color. And that's mm. um, a really nifty hybrid that someone came up with. So snowball yeah, is the thing a- for me, right? right. Yeah, you so, don't have to protect it. Exactly, exactly. And I'm seeing the plants do that right now. The leaves are very tall instead of wide spreading. So they're going to cover that that vegetable as it's starting to form. So that's that's a second reason. A third reason is a jump on uh, the season. You want to be the first one on your block to get your tomato plants out. So you are going to start them indoors so that uh, you'll have them there and ready before the garden center is going to have them. Maybe the garden center, you go and they don't have them yet or they don't have the variety you want, and then you're in a bind. So it, mm-hmm. it gives you more control over what you're, you're going to do. Another reason is that seeds um, may not germinate for you outside. I have trouble with several of these. No matter what I would do, they will never germinate for me outside. I've learned that. And so I know I've got to start my parsley inside, my chard, um, several different things. Other things I know um, I'm likely to have luck getting them going outside depending on the time of year. So um, I most recently in my, my fall um, project, growing uh, projects, I was starting about, I want to grow about 17 vegetables outside in the garden. I counted them all up, vegetables and herbs. And so- 17 different kinds? Yes, different kinds uh, okay. all, all together. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I started about half of those inside and about half of them outside. Now, we're looking here already in January, not all 17 were successful, but but most were. That included some I started inside that, that failed, <laughs> and I'll get into that. And some <laughs> I started outside, my beets didn't come up, my spinach didn't come up. So um, I'm, I'm trying to to recoup that and maybe I'll try them outside for the spring. I wanted them as as fall crops, but it wasn't meant to be. But, you know, these are examples of things where I have trouble with them outside. So um, if I want them, I've got to do my best to get them going in the house. You know, I I just thought of something else, too. I've dabbled with starting bedding plants, but I must admit I've never been terribly great at it. But when I have had some success, uh, it's helpful because when I direct sow seed as a blind person, when that seed is coming up, I I tend to lose a lot of seedlings as I weed. And if I start with a bedding plant, I I just, it it has a better chance of survival with me. Right. They would tend to be bigger. Yeah, uh-huh. I certainly have, though I try to do some things to mark rows. I do grow in rows, despite the trends these days to uh, grow in close-fitting uh, uh, just groups of plants. I grow in rows so that I can keep track of them and have more control. And 
Mark Rose with either just a one by two piece of board going the length of a bed or even with string um, and any number of things that you can do. I might, um, if I have planted outside Deborah, here's something I'll do is um, like this fall, I planted daikon radishes and I wanted to know for that reason of uh, what's a weed and what's my radish, um, I will, um, put in knives every place that I, plastic knives, every place that I've stuck in the seed. And so as it's mm. coming up, I know by my knife is a radish. Mm -hmm. Away from my knife, that's a weed, out it goes. That's a great idea. That's a nice, inexpensive, durable marker. Absolutely. Great you can idea. collect plastic yeah. knives until the cows come home. So it's easy to have them around and, and use them in that way. Or you can use them, even label them um, to mark different varieties. You grow red peppers, yellow peppers, orange. You want it to know which is supposed to be which. You can label your knives and, and know that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about how you you start bedding plants? This is very much a do-it-yourself project and um, can be um, something that's that's pretty costly. It doesn't have to be that costly, but there, there certainly um, are some things that you need to get and want to have to be able to do this. And so I can tell you what I do and I can tell you too about some alternatives that uh, I've learned about in researching this and um, just different ways to go about it. A lot of people who do this um, try different things, have failures, have success, keep coming back to it. Um, that sounds like the story of gardening. It yes. is very much so, and and this is <laughs> yeah. just one one part of that for sure. I am doing this in my garage, which is attached to the house, and so in August when I'm starting, that is such a picnic because. Uh, it is still so warm outside. The garage is, is very warm and things will pop up really quickly. Now here come February and when I want to start some things, it's going to be a bit of a different story. What I use out there is um, like a wire shelving unit that you might use for storage in a, um, a shed or some other space. Uh, a, shelving unit that has six shelves, four feet long, uh, 18 inches deep. I am using um, two of those um, shelves out of that structure. And the other shelves just have um, supplies on them. So all I'm doing is really these eight feet of um, growing space uh, once the plants are germinated. Um, I do have help with all of this. I have to, to say that um, my husband is um, uh, quite, quite helpful in all of this. And one of the things he did was to cut plexiglass that would fit into these shelving units so I can slide stuff in and out really readily instead of it being right down on the, the wires. And so it just makes mm. for smoother movement. I can wipe up stuff, um, you know, keep those shelves clean. Um, yeah, sanitation is important to prevent diseases, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely mm -hmm. is. 
Do you have lights on the shelf? Yes, and that's exactly okay. what I'm going to head toward next. Um, I do need to say first that around these two shelves, I um, do have some plastic wrapped around them and now um, more substantial thin pieces of board that, that fit into the corner posts to block the shelving. And that's for two reasons. One is that um, during this, this upcoming seed starting time it will be pretty cool and so it holds mm -hmm. heat into that those spaces and plus i have cats that live part-time in the garage and um uh, our cats are notorious for um, doing things to um, small plants and so to keep them uh, away from turning over the plants or chewing the plants or getting on the plants those barriers are are in place it, it would also help retain some moisture in there too. It, yeah, it, it definitely does. Really need that. Yeah, yeah, that very humidity. important. Yeah, yeah for for the mm -hmm. humidity for sure. So, if you can do just just plastic wrapped around, um, can can really help if you are using a a shelving unit. Um, mm -hmm. One year, uh, I went a little overboard and said, let's try a blanket. So we put a blanket around like three sides of this, and I was starting some stuff on a heat mat, and it was way too hot, and they mm. wouldn't germinate. So don't use a blanket. It, it was not. It was just overkill. So um, part of this is mistakes that you make along the way. Oh, that, yes. That you try to recover from next time around. So I am using fluorescent lights, four bulb fixtures, one fixture for each of these shelves, and they hang from the uh, shelf above, and those are on chains, and so you can count how many rings down to, to judge how um, distant um, your light is from the top of your plants and this is once they've germinated um, this shelf being 18 inches deep needs four bulbs and there's reflection of of the light as well to send it in both directions uh, to get into a little bit more detail here these are t8 bulbs meaning that they are half inch bulbs uh, used to be T12s, they are going by the wayside. T5s, which are 5 eighths inch, are still being used, and they're pretty good at kicking out a lot of light. Apparently, you don't need four um, necessarily. Uh, two might suffice because they put out more light. And these are full spectrum bulbs. There's all kinds of complexity to the spectrum that you use because yeah yeah there, there is but it doesn't yeah. have to be you can learn about it um your mm -hmm. seedlings like the blue end of the spectrum and so the the there are phrases on these bulbs when you buy them like uh natural daylight or um bright light or cool white, uh, all kinds of different stuff. But I've just looked for, in the fluorescent realm, the ones that um, say full spectrum, because that way at least I know the, the, um, what we want, the blue end, uh, will be there. 
uh, for for the plants. I, I recently heard a presentation on grow lights, and the LED lights yes. are becoming really popular, yes. too. And so the way you have your light set up, you can move the lights up and down as the plants grow. Is that right. correct? And you, yes. Okay. And you, and you do need to to do that and just back for a moment to the lights leds are coming down in price it's a really viable option i have a, a just an overview article that i'd be happy to send out to you deborah if people want it because okay. this can be an incredibly complex topic and it's difficult when you, when you can't see <laughs> the lights yeah. and what what the setup looks like that people are using i think tubes make the most sense but if you decide you want to do something really modest just to give this a try compact fluorescents are are a fine idea um, incandescent lights won't work so don't bother with that um, they'll dry but, them out. Yeah, yeah, and they just don't have the spectrum or the intensity mm -hmm. that little seedlings need. So, mm -hmm. but LEDs, okay. if if I'm, you know, I'm kind of a little more old school, but when I have to replace, when these fixtures die, they've been holding up, but when these die, I will go to LEDs. Um, more efficient, less, less costly to run, though now they cost about the same as fluorescents. So, um, but tubes, because you want to, you know, cover, if you want to start, you know, a number of plants, you need at least two feet of a tube light, uh, two feet, four feet, uh, to be able to have any number of plants um, under them. And, yeah, and I just, I, I know from listening to the presentation I listened to, it, it, it is a really, I mean, it, it's one of those topics you, you, Doing some research is a good idea. Um, there is even controversy over which wavelengths are important. Oh, yes. And oh my goodness, yeah, it is a huge topic. <laughs> but it's but it's manageable, and there's ways yeah. to to I think. Um, get it to where, you know, yes, I can buy something. And one thing to note about this is that the things that are labeled as plant grow lights are oftentimes, especially if they come with some kind of a setup, some kind of shelving, hundreds of dollars. Yes. I, yeah. I saw one for $800 on Amazon, yeah. 800 bucks. And yeah, you don't how, how much would you say you invested uh, into well, what you have. we used to buy these cheap fluorescent fixtures and they kept breaking. So learn that lesson. Those were $20 fixtures. Uh -uh, don't do that um, anymore because uh -huh. why they broke. So mm -hmm. these fixtures that, are, that we're currently running and have been running for several years now, maybe half a dozen years, and they've held up just fine. You replace the bulbs once in a while. That's another topic. Um, but they cost around $50, $60 a fixture. Big difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not that so, you can't buy something designated for plants, um, but if you go to Home Depot or somewhere, it is going to cost a bit less than the plant supply stores that will sell you an expensive setup. And you can customize it. So I, I'm just going to stop here for just a minute um, and ask, Donna, if we have any hands raised, if anyone um, 
wants to raise your hand, Donna, could you explain how people can raise their hands if they have questions or comments? Sure. So if you are on a Windows computer, if you want to raise your hand, you do um, Alt-Y. If you're on the Mac, it's Option-Y. If you are on your landline phone, it will be star 9 to raise your hand. And if you are on the uh, app, um, there should be a More button in the lower right-hand corner. And when you double-tap on that, then you'll see a raised hand button. And right now, we have no raised hands. Okay. We'll keep chatting, and if anyone wants to join in, feel free to raise your hand. Donna will alert us and let us know. So, Marge, um, tell us a bit more about uh, what you're using to grow in and, and, and just a little more about how you do this. Sure, sure. And I have an outline here, and so I don't forget it because way over on the right-hand side, after my things about lights, I have the word timer. You need a timer to do this because you have to have lights that are on uh, for a good 16, 18 hours a day. That means you don't want your lights in some room where someone is going to be disturbed by the light being on um, past bedtime. Um, but you also want to be able to let the lights do it themselves. And so it could be that there's an echo device with a smart plug that would allow some sort of new uh, version of a timer that you could um, set up conceivably. I had to get help with this aspect of it. But once it's set that up. Sounds like, it sounds like an IRA moment. <laughs> that could be. That could be. Yeah. Um, to set that so that um, that timer will turn off and on lights um, so that your little, your little guys um, under them get um, this huge amount of light. It's hard to imagine this, but they really, they need this 16 to 18 hours. And then they need a period of dark to um, just kind of grow and process what happened to them while uh, all the hours while those lights were on. So they need both but 16 to 18 hours. So what you need, of course, is something to start um, seeds in. Uh, that can be quite various. A lot of people who do this start seeds in um, flats that are fairly shallow but might be um, a foot or more in one direction, maybe 20 inches um, in one direction, maybe a foot in the other direction, all kinds of different measurements, but it's very shallow and they put their seeds in into those flats just visually uh, judging the distance. I don't do that. I need more control than that. Um, so what I do is, um, I think most of us who have grown um, plants, uh, vegetables, or flowers out in the garden have seen the six packs at the garden store or at the big box store. The seedlings that come, they're all nice and perky and ready for you to transplant in those mm -hmm. six packs. I've um, My garden store is very generous um, in many ways, and they um, have given me stacks of those things. That's hmm. what I use. 
Now, Home Depot might do the same thing. They might, because they these places throw a lot of stuff away, um, including yeah, so, plants. So, you do you put the um, little six packs in the plastic mesh tray? What what I'm doing this is this is the 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 real do it yourself part. Um, mm-hmm. You um, in in order to start seedlings, whether it's a the six pack I'm talking about or um, some other um, flat that you filled with a soil mix, or maybe it's a a milk carton, um, even egg cartons, plastic containers. I've, I've used egg cartons and uh-huh. discarded uh, salad containers, plastic salad containers. Yes, yep. yes. Um, all kinds of different things that, that are, I mean, to me, I want something at least three inches deep. Um, you know, even if it's just a few things you want to start, you might have a little four-inch pot. Um, or several of those from the garden store. Um, people with gardens tend to save this stuff for future use. So, I, you know, styrofoam cups, um, plastic cups, any number of things can be used. And then um, you uh, need a soil of a sort that will be um, good for putting seeds into. There is seed starting mix that you can buy at any of the the stores with a garden um, section. Uh, It's not a real big bag, but it's an ideal mix, not too much fertilizer, um, because these little seedlings don't, don't at first want a lot of fertilizer. So, you know, it's, it's maybe a very modest amount or a very high quality plant mix um, of potting soil that is in a bag um, that is going to be sort of fluffy and lightweight. So we'll both absorb water and yet um, hold in some, but drain relatively well. A mistake I've made is with um, using this seed starting mix, but wanting to Kind of stretch it further, and so I've been I've mixed it with compost and with peat moss, and I've gotten it too heavy, so the seedlings stay waterlogged, and then they don't grow well at all. So it that's probably a also I, I kind of wonder would it also introduce some uh, um, pathogens too? Oh, it it, it uh, could have. I've not had yeah. that much trouble. I'm a little, I will confess, I'm a little sloppy about pathogens. But I will say don't, you don't want to start seeds just in soil from your garden. That's definitely not a good idea um, for, mm-hmm. for the pathogen reason. So it's better to have, you know, something in a bag. But yeah, I was kind of taking a risk there doing that, but I've, I've pulled back from doing it and I'm just using high quality potting mix because that I get a whole big bag of it and I need more than just the little seed starting bag. Um, so that is, uh, it, it turns out to be pretty um, cost effective. Mm-hmm. De- Deborah, yeah. we have, we have two hands raised if you'd like to. Okay. Now. How about if we, yeah, let's, let's take, um, let's take some calls and um, go for it, Donna. Okay, Zelda, you may unmute. 
Hey, Zelda. Hi, everybody. Um, I, I just love this topic, and I'm, I'm enjoying what you're what you're offering here about the pathogens and and the possible use of maybe even using some some garden soil. I know my mother used to do that. What she would do um, was she would bake that soil mm-hmm. in her oven to sterilize it, um, and it it. it it dealt with both the seeds and some of that other nasty stuff that we don't want to get going. So it, it can be done, but I agree uh, with Marge that that I prefer to to buy all the the uh, the mix that you you get, and it really is I think worth worth the investment. Yeah, it's so inexpensive and mm-hmm. handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and really, your time and your seed is 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 expensive, and you don't want to you don't want to mess around with that. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a few minutes late in in getting on the call. Did you talk about um, the fact that and immediately before things are germinated, that all they need is warmth; they don't need light. Uh, I'm going to get fact, to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, no, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Okay. That, all right. I think I interrupted Marge. And, that's all right. And yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point okay. to go back to. Yeah. I thought thank maybe you, you might have addressed that before you got to the light, but <laughs> I had a phone call. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I, I moved you ahead there, Marge, so go for it. Well, we have Liz with her hand raised, so if you want to take that one okay. first. Hi. Hi there. Um, I am in zone five. And what that means for me right now is that we are getting 20 degree nights. So I think that using my garage may be too cold. Right. Even with the plastic, I would probably need to use my porch, which is somewhat warmer. And I want to know on the lights, um, if you had, say, something that was maybe two feet by two feet or, yeah, say two, uh, uh, say two feet, uh, a two-foot square and you were, or a three-foot square and you were going to put plants in that square, say, on a table or something, um, how many lights would you need and how far above the plants would you need to string them? Okay, with, uh, with respect to that sort of a space, um, I possibly if you were doing fluorescent, um, the T5s, which are the smallest in diameter tubes, right? two foot tubes would be an option and you would need um, two of those. Yeah, the fluorescent grow lights, the ones that are that are meant for growing. I'm not talking you can, about but but you can use a shop light and you can would spend a lot less money. It you know, it's just you just want a full spectrum bulb is what you're going for. So I mean if you see a plant plant uh, fluorescent T five fixture that says it's for plants and it costs you under um, Forty dollars or something, then 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 that's probably reasonable. If it costs a hundred dollars, that's not reasonable. Does the T five refer to the length of the, the the diameter of the tube? Yes, it's it's um just like if you were not the length of the the tube itself, right, right. which should be two feet, but the bulb itself, yeah. it's it's distance. Um, 
if you were to um, put your finger across it, mm -hmm. um, that's that's five agents is the T5. You could also look into compact fluorescent bulbs might cover a two foot by two foot space. Uh, well, I would probably go with the other ones, but but how many would you need to cover one space, one two foot space? One two. Two, two tubes. Two. Uh huh. So one. You know, two, for I'm sorry. For something one, two, that one, size, for for something that size, you might also want to look into getting. Um, I used to have a, a grow light for orchids that was just about that size. It was yeah, about I, two by two. I kind of want to get it bigger if I could manage it. I'm thinking maybe three by three. I just can't okay. spread it yeah. out. And so I'm happy to do the tubes. And you're saying one tube kind of covers a, a three foot long by one and a half foot wide strip. Am I correct? It it might. It might. It's something that you should look into a little bit more to, to be sure that you're getting um, the right thing so that you won't have plants on the edges that simply aren't oh, right, getting the light. Right. Or if you can add some kind of reflector, um, tinfoil, sure. something that will reflect from the top, that would, uh -huh. that would suffice possibly as well. What kind of temperature do you want the plants to be in with the lights on? Uh, so, 665 to 75. So the room temperature needs to be 65 to 75? I think degrees. below, I think, yeah, I think your room temperature much below 65, you would be pretty slow growing for these little seedlings. Yeah, okay. And some, some of the... Some of that does dep depend on the kind of seeds you want to start, too. It does. It does. Um, so you do need to um, look at the seed. And there are some seeds that have um, cooling requirements, like lavender. Um, you have to cool the seeds for a certain amount of time before you start them. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Right. So, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So so the temperature really does depend on, on what you want to grow. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it's your summer vegetables, um, they would have a really hard time um, at, right. at a 65 degree temperature. Your tomatoes and peppers and eggplants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then I gather what you do is you put the, the seed um, four packs into some kind of tray so that the yeah, water we're gonna get to that. drains. Okay, I'm going to yeah, now mute myself. Thank you. Well, no, this is yeah, it's good to you know. No, there, there's really a lot good. of detail, definitely. Yeah, thank you for asking the questions, both, both you and Zelda. That was great. So maybe go back to Zelda's question be, or comment because that's related to what she right. just brought up. Right. So whatever you're starting, you want to start your seeds in, uh, they, um, it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but most things that you would be growing, there are exceptions, but most certainly vegetables um, need to be in the dark or semi-dark to, to germinate. It doesn't need to be pitch dark, but sort of semi-dark, semi definitely not under lights. And um, they need to be under something that holds in moisture, and they need to be uh, fairly warm. Um, 
and so in some cases quite warm. So um, your things like uh, the brassica family, um, kale, cabbages, collards, um, broccoli, cauliflower goes on, um, and and your lettuces. Uh, you could start those um, in little planters, like say on top of your freezer, if it's fairly warm. What you would then do is cover them just with, with like a plastic bag or plastic wrap, not sticking the things necessarily in a plastic bag and tying it all up because you do want a little bit of air movement. If you have some air around them a bit, it prevents mold from forming on your soil. But just, just placing plastic over um, the top where you've put your seeds in because it will hold the moisture in and um, encourage um, the, the seeds to get going. Uh, what you're doing before you put your seeds in is moistening the soil quite, quite thoroughly. And I will even put seeds in and then sort of spritz the top, not to, you don't want the seeds to move, but just to make sure that the top of the soil is, is pretty thoroughly moist so that the... So with when you're saying spritz, you're using a mister? Yeah, like a squirter bottle okay. of some kind okay. to do that and squirting, you know, several times um, so that so that it is pretty, pretty moist. And what I'm usually doing is just putting in one seed um, or a tiny pinch of seeds into each um, of the cells in my six pack because it's very easy. A mistake you can make is to overseed. You're not real confident. You're, Are these seeds going to come up? And so you <laughs> stick in more. And then what you end up doing is you get a good germination and you end up having to, to thin them or you can be guilty like me of leaving them in any way or trying to transplant them or because I hate killing little seedlings. <laughs> but it's it's really best to just plant, put in say one cauliflower seed and maybe in one or two cells a couple extra in case you don't get full germination. Part of this is experience over time, learning what germinates well for you, how long things take. Um, you know, it really is an experience development of, of your knowledge um, of what you like to grow and, and how it does. Um, so in, it's, in it's, it's probably a good idea to read about each um, seed you're you're working with to learn if it has any special requirements, um, you yeah. know, like temperature. And some lettuces do need a little bit of light to germinate, which is weird. And um, but you know, and whether the seeds need a cooling period or it, there are some little variations here and there. But, yeah, mostly but, not with vegetables, though, and that's certainly mm -hmm. my my focus is is okay. on the the vegetables but but yeah having them then on a refrigerator or a, a freezer or a pilot light on a stove or near a wood stove something that gives you um gives them a, a, a bit of, of extra warmth but then you uh, many people like to start tomatoes inside and um in the case of 
tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, um, squashes, and other cucurbits, meaning melons, cucumbers, um, all the squash families, pumpkins, all that. You need a heat mat. That's something that you do have to in invest in. And the company to buy from is Hydro Farm. They do mm -hmm. a lot of hydroponic stuff. Um, I don't do that, but um, they make these mats in a few different sizes. And uh, I've had mine for um, six years, 10 years, something like that. I have a four foot one that's 20 inches deep and a 20 inch one that's 20 inches deep. So 20 by 20. I use them both so, in various ways. They so stay just, on all the time. Just stepping back here just a second. Mm -hmm. So, so whether it is, um, whether you're germinating on top of the fridge or on a heat mat, so you, as you're germinating, they're covered with plastic. Um, they're, you're keeping them toasty warm. So they germinate. Um, when do you know you're going to move them from there to under the light? Because you're, you're checking them um, pretty frequently after um, just a few days start to check and, and just gently check too to make sure that you've got moisture um, at, at the top. If you take your plastic back and it's a bit moist, that's a, that's a pretty good sign that there's still moisture in there. Um, after a few days check, then you need to check every day and um, you would put them under lights when when they're um, poking up a little bit one um, mistake I've made is that I've not caught them very quickly and so they the stems have gotten long I have this crazy thing that is um, domes that I use to germinate and believe it or not these are from rotisserie chickens from Sam's Club. I don't eat factory chicken anymore, <laughs> but when we did, we bought a lot of these and I saved them. And they're like the shape of a, you know, just a dome over a chicken. And they're fantastic, they're wearing out. So I will have to do something else eventually, but I have this lid over this tray and um, the six packs fit neatly in one to a, a dome and uh, like a little mini greenhouse it is it's a little it's like a terrarium yeah. in there uh -huh. and it's beautiful and you could do that with those um salad mixes that you buy in the store that you see in that nasty plastic in the store mm -hmm. um when you buy a salad mix because you're desperate for a salad save that that dome thing that that came in because you could use that to germinate plants in that's great yeah yeah so those do work so you have to watch them um you know, and, and if it's a bit cooler, as it will be here February, March, as you're trying to get things up, they will take longer. So it can be a bit discouraging. But, you know, try to try to get have them off the floor. If you're saying near a wood stove, you'd want them off the floor um, so that that uh, they're not just on the cold floor. Um, but watching every day and then as as they're up, then you um moisten them a bit and get them under the lights and close to the lights. LEDs, they don't have to be, they can be maybe f more like four or five inches. Fluorescence, 
quite close under, especially at first, you're, you're practically bumping into the bulbs. And so as they grow and start getting leaves, then you're watching that and being aware of your distance and either you, um, you, you either lower the plant or raise the light or, or something. So at first you might be having your, your tray of whatever you've got your, um, seedlings in um, propped up on something so that it raises them. It's easier to raise and lower the plants than it is the lights, at least for me. Mm-hmm. So improvising with raising and lowering. And what um, I do to step back a moment is that once these seedlings are up, I transfer them into something else. A foil pan of the correct size will hold four of my six packs. That's why I'm, I've got a lot of plants under my four foot of lights because this whole system, I see, I have this whole do it yourself system. And um, it's not necessarily one that somebody can repeat, but there are a lot of things available that you can buy that are trays and watering help and all of this that will keep it compact. You can probably use old cookie sheets, all kinds of stuff to put those pony packs in. We have a hand raised again, uh, ladies. All right. So, So, um, yeah. Liz. Hi. um, Those of you who buy salad mix in those... um, or spinach in those plastic boxes that have the tops to them. The thing about the plastic boxes that are good, first, if you're going to buy that, you can reuse the plastic. You can put the little seed, the four packs, the six packs, in those little boxes and either put the tops back on the plastic lid, which makes a terrarium just like she's saying, or in the summertime you can use them to put under your pots if you're putting them on a deck or something. So it's a way of reusing your plastic over and over again. And they'll last a long time. They will. But if you are going to reuse something like that, um, I don't know the the combination, but you need to rinse the things out, including the four packs, the reused four packs. Um, there's a bleach water solution that you rinse them in that will help. It, Liz, that's usually a, a one to 10 ratio. Okay, well, it is sort of useful if you're going to use plastic because you don't want to carry something over from year to year. And that's a really great idea. You can save everything. You can save those yogurt containers, you know, the plastic containers, punch holes in them and use those. Um, Even the little mini cup yogurt containers, punch holes in them and use those. You can use all your trash plastic. Yes. And if you don't have enough trash plastic, you can get people to give you trash plastic and use that. Believe me, it's a way of reusing your plastic over and over again. And then when it's all cracked and trash, then you can throw it out knowing at least it's had several lives after it, you know, didn't hold yogurt or salad or whatever. We we have another hand. Uh, Thank Mickey. you, Liz. Mickey, Hi, Mickey. Com- Yep. Mickey, hello. You can unmute. Hello, Mickey. You might need to push star six if you're on a phone. If you're on a computer, uh, it's it's um, alt A to unmute. I don't, I can't tell what she's on. So it says computer. Hello, Mickey. If you're talking, we, we aren't hearing you. 
can hear kids talking. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? There you are. Hi. Hi. I have two questions. One is, when do you start germinating your seeds for the season? What are you looking for weather-wise? Six to eight That's weeks before question. your last frost date. Um, for summer or for fall? For your spring and, and summer plants, it would be six to eight weeks. I mean, you really it really depends on where you live and um, your particular conditions. And that's where you need to consult um, your neighbors, your books, your gardening mm -hmm. articles. You can, I mean, you can also call your... You can call your local uh, master gardener program at your extension agent agency, mm -hmm. and they can tell you when um, your first and last frost dates are for your area. Okay. What and zone so, did you say you're in? Eight mm B. -hmm. Where are you? You're in the south. Texas. All right. Oh well, then um, start your. I'm in eight B also. Start your um, tomatoes and peppers in February and your eggplants a bit after that and um, whatever cool weather stuff you do because you can put that out fairly readily. I'll start it all in February. Okay, and my other question is, I do really good at starting the plants, but I don't get very much produce. Uh, that's a topic for another day, for it sure. It is, and and you know, again, uh, you might want to contact your lo local master gardener program and get some um, handouts to read, and keep calling in because w we will be covering more garden gardening topics. All right, so thank you, you asked some yeah, great good, questions. Good thank question. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, okay. and we're we're kind of getting toward the end here, and we have two yeah, hands we, raised. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, w well, we can try to take the questions real quick. We have about five minutes, so so Kayla is first. Go ahead, Kayla. You can unmute. Hey, um, I just wanted to let you guys know I always start my seeds in toilet paper rolls because I can just plant the whole roll once they. Um, sprout into my garden oh, outside. That is a great idea. Sure, if it That's breaks down. Idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they're biodegradable. So yeah, you can cut um, paper towel rolls smaller, or I just typically use toilet paper rolls, and, and it works you know, perfect. That, that's a great idea. My area, we have cut worms, and um, I've heard of using that those to prevent cut worms. Never thought of actually starting seeds in those that's a great idea really good and, idea and our other hand is debbie hazel hello Alabama. hello i just want to say i think this is an awesome topic marge you are just so good i mean of course i knew you would be um but she's this, amazing yeah and um can we I, have you back marge Absolutely. I have a whole bunch more stuff I was going to say. Yeah, Marge, you oh, should be I, teaching. I, yeah, and we we need to dig more into gardening. So you and I are going to talk about you coming yeah. back. You're a master gardener, awesome. so you, you have the credential. So Well, yeah. uh, there's 
you know, more to be said for experience than credentials, believe me. <laughs> I used to grow yeah, I used to grow herbs. It's been a while. I know Hadley has a course. I'm about to start sprouts again. But I any of this is so good and I, I really wanna I'm gonna encourage um, more of our listeners in the community to really take advantage of this. And we're going to have this program on mainstream soon. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for uh, helping us put this on, on air. And um, Donna, thank you for your help today. Yeah. I'm and not a gardener, I, but boy, I I've learned a lot and it, it, it kind of, you know, makes me want to maybe think about because oh, I enjoy eating this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so rewarding. I, I can't tell you how rewarding yeah, it is absolutely. to be able to, to grow your own food. Nothing like it. Yeah. And wow. March is just, her knowledge is just amazing yeah, and her absolutely. ability to communicate what she knows. I, I really thank you. And thank the callers too. Thank you callers for calling in. Um, Next month we will be talking about berries. So please um, call again. Oh, yes. And um, I have a couple minutes. There's a couple minutes, Deborah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Two minutes. One tip for for folks. Uh label your whatever you plant your seeds in if you plant more than one thing in some little container label it because before you do anything before you put the seed in put a label on it braille large print whatever you use i just use like file folder labels that are like six inch strips and um put scotch tape over them and then braille on them with a slate and stylus because you will get things mixed up um very experienced people get things mixed up so start with labeling yeah those little teeny tiny plants you can't really feel the seeds and know what you have tomatoes you can kind of smell and yeah that's a great idea yeah any other last tips before we we have uh, Catherine with her hand raised you have to make it kind of quick there Catherine hi can you hear me yes okay Uh, I hope in the future one of the problems that I've had and I love to garden I get my little seedlings planted in the outside in the dirt then I get them mixed up with weeds and I start pulling them Pulling the yes, we, we visited yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about Yeah, March that. has a great tip. Great. Okay, thanks. Go for it, Marge. Well, use a use a one by two um, piece of wood across um, to to mark your row, so that you follow along the wood, and that's where you plant your seeds, and that's where they should come up. Anything else is a weed. Okay. And great. Said to use thanks. a plastic knife. A plastic yep. knife to mark Knives, yeah. what you planted. Knives, yep. string, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and we definitely will have you back, Marge. And um, it, it, this is everybody has had great questions. Again, Donna, thank you. Debbie, thank you. And acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com if you're interested in. Uh, being a guest, let me know. Great. Bye, everybody.